You're listening to Three Makes Baby, a podcast about fertility, family, and genetics. I'm Jana Repnow, a fertility counselor and author of Three Makes Baby. Welcome to the show. We have a returning guest. It's always fun to hear from people that we've spoken to before, right? And this one is Allie from Half of Me Podcast. In case you're wondering how Allie is doing, she actually has exciting news to share. When we spoke, she wasn't quite ready to share it with the world, but she has since shared it on her social media platform that her and her husband are expecting. Their IUI treatment um, after a few attempts worked and they are pregnant. So you can tune into her space for more information on that. Congratulations, Allie. And, um, but yeah, let's listen in on to what we were talking about a few weeks ago, which was her other life as a teacher and the changes that have happened during the beginning of coronavirus outbreak. Hey, Allie, it is great to, to hear your voice again. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm surviving. Yes. It's weird times for sure. Yeah, definitely. Very weird. Yeah. Well, I know that it, it, you know, it would be great for listeners to hear from you again. Um, just hear how you're doing. And, and then also, you know, I, you're a teacher and so many people are curious about how teaching is going for students in that transition right now. And it would be great to hear your perspective on the change and how it went and the challenges yeah. and, and things. So, yeah. Yeah. So on a personal level, I'm doing okay. You know, I don't, I don't really have anything new to report on the, um, you know, donor conceived end of, of stuff, but, um, as you know, as a teacher, it's been, this has been the craziest time of my career. Um, yeah. I live in New Jersey and right now the tri-state area, which is New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, um, we have the highest new case rate and highest death rate of anywhere in the world of this virus. Mm. So um, I feel like we got hit pretty early and now pretty hard. So it's it's been really, really trying and really crazy to watch my state just slowly shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So luckily scary. For, it is scary. Yeah. But uh, luckily for me, my district was pretty proactive in coming up with a plan to work from home. Mm -hmm. So we started talking about um, distance learning or virtual learning or, you know, there's a million different names for it now, but mm -hmm. we started talking about it um, probably about a month ago. So we had an idea that this might be coming and it's better for us to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So we started talking about um, turning on chat features for students. We use the Google suite in our school. So okay. we, yeah. had, um, we had our you know, tech people turn on Gchat for students and Google Meet um, mm -hmm. and just test that out before we were out of the building um, as ways yeah. to keep in touch with them. And then we've been, since we've been using things like Zoom uh, to see their faces and to do like distance lessons. Mm -hmm. And that's been kind of our meat and potatoes is just thinking about how can we stay in touch with these kids like through text and face to face to make sure that they're okay. So yeah. that, that's like our main objective. It's just giving them some FaceTime with us and checking in with them to let them know that we're okay Oh, and nice. just trying to keep that, you know, personal connection going. That's been yeah. our main goal. Yeah. So at this point, does the curriculum fall? Is that almost second 
secondary to just the consistency? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, it is. I'm a science teacher. um, So Mm -hmm. I have the luxury of um, a host of things that I can pull from to teach. You know, I'm not, I don't teach something like math or language arts that's sequential Mm -hmm. uh, or that's tested. So I've, I've kind of put my plans for the rest of the year on the back seat. And I'm just thinking about what are things that my students can do from home independently without me right there with them. And also what's some stuff that can get them up and moving in outside. So they're not glued Mm. to their computer all day. Oh, that's a great thing, isn't (laughs) it? To be able to incorporate that now. Um, So good for everyone's mental state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it is. So I've been working on weather with my students and just having them get outside and observe and look at cloud formations and, you know, track the weather and then see if Mm -hmm. what they, what they forecasted came true the next day and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I struggle because I don't really know how much learning they're doing right now in science, but Mm -hmm. at least I'm keeping them engaged and, and keeping them active and outside and, and just trying to touch base with them every day has been my main objective. Yeah. And it takes me back to the days when I worked in cardiac rehab and we studied the best way that people learn because we were having to teach adults that were in their 60s, 70s and older how to live a whole different lifestyle after they had a heart event, a heart attack or um, something, you know, along those lines. So we're teaching them how to reduce their stress and eat differently. And um, we had to figure out, well, how do we teach people that, you know, have been doing something for so long a certain way. And we studied this guy named Chip Cleary. I'll never forget. He and many p- different people have said this many different ways, but that basically people learn best when they themselves ask the question first. Mm-hmm. So when that curiosity in you comes up, you're more apt to uh, retain the information for a longer time mm-hmm. if you have the curiosity. And so the way you're teaching, it makes me think that, you know, you're having mm-hmm. the students go out, check the weather, weather observe the weather. And that then allows them the freedom to kind of come up with their own questions about weather yeah. and discover some things on their own. And that's, it really is an effective way of learning. It's just not the way we've been doing it since the fifties. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of my MO with teaching as it is. I teach through inquiry anyway. So, you know, luckily for me, since I've been doing that all year, my students are, they already know what I mean when I say ask a bunch of questions and write that's them down cool. and things like that. So, so that's yeah. what you call it is teach through inquiry. Yeah. Inquiry based mm-hmm. learning. That's a big new push in push in science education. And it's fun. It's, nice. it's a fun way to teach. It's less like I always tell um, parents on back to school night, like we are not going to be doing or learning or memorizing anything that these kids can Google because there's no sense in that. Google's not going away. Yeah. And they're always going to have, you know, a pocket dictionary and a pocket encyclopedia in their phone. So I'm more concerned with building skills like inquiry and analysis and things like Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, doing that from, from a distance is challenging because those are really tough skills for 11 and 12 year olds to analyze things, but I'm trying my best and I'm just, we're trying really to put grades to the side and remember that a letter or a number doesn't, doesn't really mean anything right now. It doesn't mean anything to us or to, as you know, a good basis of what they've actually learned. Um, so we're just more concerned with them doing something every day and, and touching base with us. 
Yeah. So it's nice. It's it's nice to let go of that of grading and and assessment and things like that. It, oh, it gives a little bit more freedom to to us to to let them explore a little bit more and and do a little bit more of the fun stuff, which we miss out on sometimes when we're in the classroom. Oh, that's such a great upside. I love that. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't help but find all of the things that are happening right now that are, are actually good and good for us and good for people. And I just, there's so many more people connecting and connecting and reaching out in different ways. And I see more people walking outside and getting exercise. Oh yeah. Yeah. My dogs are going crazy. (laughs) Do you hear that? A little. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. You know, I think everybody's really understands we're all working from home right now. And, yeah, you know, I did a lot of that before, but now it's full time. And, and so, you know, you've got those that just real life stuff happening in the background. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I did my first faculty meeting on zoom, you know, I tried, you know, look presentable, make sure my background's <laughs> clear. And now we're all like, forget it. Like we just can't make sure everything's perfect. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it makes me think about everything's changed so much and you know, I was saying a couple of days ago, I noticed or maybe even a week ago that there were people, posts were still coming through that was just our traditional content that we're used to seeing. And, and I said, you can tell who has so wonderfully organized, not me, <laughs> but has their posts planned out in advance and had their content ready to go. Um, and you would still see that coming through. And it was just this weird feeling that, you know, all of a sudden um, that didn't feel like it mattered as much. And you know, I found myself kind of swiping past it um, and trying to look for information that was more relevant to what was happening. And, um, you know, I saw a, a post come, came through about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I, this is it, you know, oh, we, yeah. we've been spending all this time talking about donor conception issues and, you know, infertility and things like that. And, um, you know, that's so important and it's, it's so relevant. And then when something like this happens with the coronavirus and you have an, a pandemic and, people can't come out of their houses really. And all of a sudden we go back to that basic needs, like the, the lowest part of the pyramid, which is safety and security yeah, and shelter. And yeah. that's where we come back to is, are we going to be safe? And, you know, you, it's just, it's weird how it taps into different emotions and, you know, those higher thinking and higher needs just seem less, um, they're still extremely important, but just, uh, I guess they're less relevant right now. Yeah. They, I mean, how can we focus on some of those higher level stuff when, when some people don't have enough food or don't have a job right now? It's mm-hmm. just, and I, I know exactly what you mean. Social media, it's, it's like such a dystopia right now for me. I've, I've actually been really limiting myself. Um, I check in like once a day and then once at night and I find myself just looking for information about local stuff. Like I want to know our stores open, our restaurants open. Can I go get toilet paper? Um, and everything else, I just really don't care. I really don't care to see right now. And Mm -hmm. I find the more time that I spend on my phone, the, the more down in the dumps I feel. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, which is really true. And when life is normal too, you know, you're just inundated with this stuff on social media, but now more than ever, I've set a lot of limits that I've been really detoxing from it and mm-hmm. trying not to let that be my, my go-to <laughs> yeah. when I, when I'm bored at home and, and that's hard because it's an addiction to break, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is an upside to it because there are, you know, I, there are opportunities to 
connect with people, um, with the people that, you know, are uplifting and inspiring. And so there's that too, but then there's like that fine line where you, you know, you, you know, where you start to feel it when you just kind of don't feel right or yeah. you're tired or overwhelmed or you just get stressed. Then it's like, okay, I got to put this down in a way, you know, we played a game last night, our family, and I just put the phone away, way out of my reach and left it there for hours. I think I did it the night before too, and just didn't touch it for like five hours, didn't look at it. And it was, yeah. it felt like things were normal for a little bit again. So yeah. that was nice. It was a yeah. Good it does feel like things are normal when you put it down. And then it's the second mm-hmm. I pick it back up to get on Facebook, which is where I've been getting the bulk of my information or getting on Instagram. It's like you, you're just reminded over and over about how terrible this is right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, trying to keep my own sanity and doing things like going for walks and reading and, and playing with my dog have been so much better for me than that mindless scrolling and just ingesting the negative news all the time. And not mm-hmm. to say that all news is, is inherently negative. You know, I do want to keep up to pace with what's going on in the world and in my town right now, but I think too much of it just is so hard right now. Yeah. And it's so easy to get stuck in that rhythm of just consuming more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really taking a break has f- been good. Yeah, I really did that. The first, I would say last week I was doing that. I was kind of on nonstop and, you know, consuming, taking information, reading all I could. And, you know, just, it was, it was really tiring. Just, I needed more breaks. And I know I've said this quite a few times, but it's so true that we don't have any reference. We don't have a file, a memory file for this. It's a brand new situation. So our brains have to spend that extra time and energy to literally create a new experience um, that we can't, that's not linked to any other kind of experience before. And that takes a lot of brain power and a lot of energy and emotional energy. So we're, you know, I'm encouraging people to rest more, to, you know, do yoga, meditate, um, downshift, using, you know, just close their eyes for a little while, take more breaks throughout the day. day. And, you know, we have time to do that now working from home. So that's the good thing. Go out in nature, like you said, spend time around your dogs. All those things are ways to to engage the relaxation response. So we can keep our bodies calm because see what happens is here's the kind of catch 22 and it's not meant to be an alarmist at all, but if we don't downshift and if we don't take care of our stress levels, then a chronic stress that doesn't have a relief um, does wear down our immune system. Yeah. You know, it does make us less healthy. So, um, and again, not saying that to scare people, but to just say for those that are listening that you really do find the time to build in that relaxation, those moments, those breaks away from the information. If you can do that, um, because it's going to be better for your health in the long run, mentally and physically. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. We've been doing, um, a couple of times a week, we've been playing trivial pursuit with some friends. So oh. we'll set up, <laughs> we'll How set up like the, so we do it on zoom and we invite okay. everyone to zoom. And then I also join on my phone mm-hmm. and I have my phone angled in a way that it can see the, um, the game board. And then we just go around and we do the questions, whatever, I move the pieces around for everyone. And that's been really fun. We're just, we're so missing. My husband and I are just so missing our friends. We, we'd hang out a lot, you know, weekends are just filled with social stuff. And we, that's a piece that I've been really missing. So that's been fun to do and it's relaxing and Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the whole time we're not on our phones at all, you know, so that's really great. We're just hanging out with each other and, you know, 
That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's been good. I have to try that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I know this podcast is generally about um, fertility and family and genetics and, you know, all the stuff that other stuff we talk about. But like I mentioned before, you know, I am a therapist. And so that's, even though that's my specialty, you know, being a therapist, I'm trained in all the things related to mental health. So this time I've shifted gears into what people are needing right now. And kind of going back to more more of my early days of general um, anxiety counseling or counseling for that, and um, general counseling for just emotional, you know, upset and stress, yeah. stress management. So that is why, um, and that's what's relevant. That's what people want to hear. So, you know, when I we I think we were spoke a couple well, maybe a week ago, and I was like, I really want to know what Allie's doing with this classroom <laughs> thing. And this was before my daughter started her online schooling, and you know, um, she's doing third day in and doing well and liking it a lot. It's actually Good. working well. I thought she'd be super stressed, but she's yeah. not been. She's been really relaxed. So it's, yeah. it's going well. That's yeah. great. The weird thing for me is that, you know, in my class, I have the kids that don't struggle at all and they just, you know, cruise through every school year. And then we have the handful that we need to be on a little bit more and give them a little bit more support. And I thought that with online learning, I would be seeing the same pattern, but I'm really not. It's actually kids, um, the kids that I'm spending more time talking to have been kids that historically are, have an easier time in school. So that's okay. been really interesting to me to see that shift. Yeah. And I've been talking to parents a lot and parents are asking me, what can I do? Because they're watching their child that's been kind of, you know, cruising right along their whole life that they're now struggling and falling behind. Uh -huh. So I think that this is a time for, for kids that have never had to develop any real study skills in their life because school has just come easy for them. Mm -hmm. They're having a harder time adjusting. So I've been telling oh. a lot of parents to do things like make sure they have a workstation set up that's not in their bedroom yeah. or, you know, it's somewhere away yeah. from distractions. Mm -hmm. Um, that's because advice. when you're, yeah, when you're faced with doing your work completely online, that's so different than a dynamic interactive classroom. A lot mm -hmm. of kids that might not have had any attention or focus troubles in the classroom are suddenly finding that they, all they want to do is be on their phones or watch TV or go outside. Yeah. So it's harder for them when they've never had to overcome that, mm -hmm. um, you know, attention barrier, all of a sudden they're faced with it and they don't know what to do. Yeah. So, and that goes for people that are working at home that are oh, used yeah. to working at home. I, like I said, I've been working on and off at home and it's hard to self-discipline, but oh, yeah. you can, um, by going and setting yourself a separate area away from all the distractions, if you can find it, <laughs> you're yeah. lucky to find a little space like that, or carve one out. Um, it really can make a huge difference. Oh yeah. I used yeah. to be able to muddle through the little work that I did from home as a teacher, just on the couch with my laptop on my lap, mm -hmm. but that's not working for me anymore. So I had my husband get a desk from the basement and bring mm -hmm. it upstairs and put it in a corner for me. And yeah, you know, exactly. I'm trying to practice what I preach too, setting my own little workspace up, but yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's interesting to me that it's been really really easy for some students and a good transition for them and and for others that I never would have thought are having a problem are are really struggling with this. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think That's at the end of the day, though, most teachers and most districts are just hoping that you know we all get through this with our sanity intact and. And there's just going to be, you know, this cohort of, of learners, of kids that we went through this bump together and we're going to have to pick back up whenever 
you know, it's safe for us to go back to school and just kind of mm-hmm. write this off a little bit, but do yeah. some other, some other kinds of learning for now, the kinds that, that aren't, sense. you know, on the test. So it makes sense. And it, I think it'll open the door to new ways of, of learning and teaching that like, you yeah. getting creative, um, to, you know, I think that'll there'll be some good things that come from this. And I know that you and I both tend to think that way, you know, looking for the silver lining. So, yeah. you know, I thought it would be a good voice for you to have on here to give people some, you know, a positive um, voice and, and, you know, hope and just knowing that we're going to get through this and yeah. everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there will, you know, there'll be times it's going to get harder um, before it gets better. And, you know, we're here, I'm here if you need to talk, you know, set up an appointment and, you know, there may be an episode in the future that we, you know, talked, you know, we'll continue to talk about this. I will still incorporate some of the episodes I recorded before all this happened about yeah. gender conception, fertility, infertility, embryo adoption and adoption and, and some um, different authors and stuff on the program. So it's just kind of taking a little bit of a turn, um, just veering off last season, which is fine. It's a new season. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, it will just kind of, you know be flexible and adapt with with times. (laughs) Well, I think this is great. I mean, you got to give the people what they want right now. And, (laughs) and, you know, like you were saying before with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're just at that bottom barrel right now. We just got to figure out how to get through day by day. So I think this is great. Exactly. And it's good to hear familiar voices. I know people (laughs) appreciate hearing from you. So thank you for coming back on and talking about this. It was great to hear your perspective and just hear the other side of Allie's life that isn't, has had nothing to do with gender conception. (laughs) There there are other pieces to me. Yeah. Yeah, Way more than that. And that's kind of good for people to hear too, that we talk so much about that, but we also say that that's just one piece. It's not, yeah. um, it's not everything. So yeah. yeah. And if any of you listeners are a teacher, I actually have my master's degree in educational technology. So this is kind of like my Super Bowl right now. So if you want to reach out <laughs> to me about teacher questions, you can do that on my Instagram, um, half of the podcast. Oh, that's uh, such a great resource, Allie. Yeah. Too. Cause I know I've, working with some of my colleagues that are therapists that have gone to telecounseling and they're not, they're not really don't love technology and didn't really want to do it. So they're calling me and going, how do I do this? And I love helping because I love technology. I'm like you, I love technology. I'm that Enneagram too. I'm the helper. So if anyone anyone needs help with that, I'm here to help. So that's awesome. Thanks for offering that. Yeah. Well, take care, Allie, and we'll talk with you soon. Oh, talk soon, Jana. Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me on Instagram at Jana Rufnow LPC and Facebook. And you can also grab a copy of my book, Three Makes Baby, on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate it and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.